everyone, my name is Ming. And my name is Anna Liebel, and you're listening to Happier with Ming. Welcome to Happier with Ming, a lifestyle design and personal development podcast of positivity, inspiration, productivity, and growth. My name is Ming, and we will be discussing health and wellness, life optimization, relationships, improvement, positive vibes, and the journey of life. Life is a journey to enjoy, and I want us to fall in love with the process while living life to our fullest every day. It's the longest episode thus far, with Anna sharing some really useful and actionable tips all throughout our conversation. Anna takes us on the road of her self-development journey as we discuss the difference between self-confidence and self-esteem, the importance of finding the purpose in life for increased satisfaction, the life-changing 7 Habits of Highly Effective People book, the thorough process in which she implemented each habit over a period of a few years, how she uses different tools to reflect and understand herself and others, and the importance of having an accountability partner to ask for help and feedback when needed. Make sure to stick around for the list of key takeaways at the end of the episode. Anna is a development trainer who helps high performers feel empowered to do what matters, improve their well-being, and learn self-love and self-acceptance. Today on the episode, we talk about the difference between self-confidence and self-esteem. Anna sees that many people have strong self-confidence and a weak self-esteem, and that often boils down to perfectionism and non-sustainable high-achiever behavior that makes people burn out. Anna actually reached out to me on Facebook about coming onto the show as a guest as we discovered that we have many similar passions. I'm really excited to hear about her life's mission and her journey thus far. Anna, how are you doing today? Hi, Ming. Super excited to be here on your show. You told me that you're going on a trip tomorrow for two whole weeks. Where are you heading? Yeah, I'm going uh, on vacation with my family, which is my husband, our daughter, and then our in-laws, so my husband's parents. We live in Iceland, and my in-laws live in Germany, and yesterday they arrived here. And we're going on a two-week vacation, which was has been planned in, back in January or February before the whole COVID pandemic. So we really didn't know whether they would be able to join us. So I'm super excited that they made it here safe and healthy. And we're going on a trip all together. Six months later, I'm really glad you're able to go now. Any particular countries you're going to? So it's all within Iceland. So we are actually staying in our country or our home country right now. And we've been to part of those places last year with my husband and daughter, but we're kind of going deeper. So we we have planned the trip so that we would stay in those places that we liked for longer and explore more. And now our daughter is also much older, so we can actually do more things outdoors. And we're not so bound to all her naps and those kind of things. Yeah, you can revisit all those places with your in-laws, show them around. Yeah. Anna, can you tell us a little about your background? Yeah, so as I said, I'm uh, living in Iceland, but originally I'm Ukrainian. I lived in Ukraine until 2010, and when I was 21, I moved to Sweden to get my education, uh, like my master's degree. And I lived in Sweden for quite some years, and uh, one and a half years ago, we moved here to Iceland with my little family. I have a background in project management, 
This was my master degree in project management, and I've been working in that area in the corporate world for over six years since my uh, education at university. And then when we moved here in Iceland, I was on maternity leave, and towards the end of the uh, maternity leave, I realized that I want to start building my own business instead of going in the corporate and trying to find the company that would fit me. Yeah, and uh, a bit more... My family is quite international. So as I said, I'm Ukrainian. My husband is German and our daughter was born in Sweden and has a Swedish passport. So it's quite a fascinating mix here. Anna, thank you for sharing about your background. I'm excited to dive deeper into why you decided to look into improving others through your business. I saw on your LinkedIn that your mission is to empower every person you meet to do more good on this planet through self-love, clarity, and care. How do you go about helping people identify and optimally achieve their purpose in life? Thanks for the question, Ming. Uh, and it's really great that you you have checked me on different channels, it sounds like. <laughs> yeah. I have been passionate about self-development all these years. For the last decade, it's been quite a lot of work on that. And then now looking back, I actually realized that I have been doing coaching or training in self-development a lot in my work environment and also with my friends. So as a project manager, I took care of the health of the team members and the health of the team with the whole dynamic that is happening in, the, in a group of people. And I've been doing it quite successfully. And then I've also been doing it at the kitchen table, so to say, with friends of mine, just helping them more and more with their own own personal journeys. And at some point, one friend of mine told me, Anna, I want to pay you for this because we've been talking every week for several months now and I see huge results and I really want to show you my appreciation. And at that moment, I was like, I am not ready to get paid for this. <laughs> this is a passion of mine. But that comment brought me to this understanding that I do love doing it and I, it comes very naturally to me. People open up to me a lot. And I, I had so many occasions in my life when people really talked about the traumas and their worries. And I at first thought it was some kind of... Oh, it was a bad thing, I felt, because I really wanted to help people when they opened up to me. And I felt heavy because I didn't, I wasn't able to fix their issues. But at some point, a friend of mine told me about like, Anna, this is a blessing because just talking to you, I realize uh, it's, it's just a huge relief. I have lived with this for two decades and I never talked about this with anyone. And here I am opening up my heart and it just feels like a huge stone off my shoulders. And that was also one of those pivoting moments in my life when I realized like, actually, I do have this gift and I should be using it for the good of the other people. From that point, I actually started paying more attention how, how I can help people to open up and to actually boost their well-being through our conversations. So yeah, I, and I say that uh, I want uh, everyone to, to do more good on this planet through self-love, clarity and care, as you said, because I believe that we really need to take care of ourselves and know who we are and why we are on this planet. And through that knowledge, clarity, and through different tools that as I'm also giving to my clients, we can actually get to the point of doing more passionate work that brings value to the others, doing more serving to the others, but we do it without burning ourselves out. Because if we are aligned in our actions to our inner compass, it really gives you gives us more, more energy to do it in the, long, in the long run. And that's what I'm up for in, in my own life. And also I'm training <laughs> my clients in that. We are in this life not for a sprint, but it's a marathon and we really need to gear ourselves up for a marathon to survive it and to do well and get to the finish line in a good shape. I like that analogy that life is a marathon, not a sprint. You have to live through life and be passionate in what you do. So I can hear that you are passionate in helping others achieve their goals in life. 
what would you say the differences are between self-confidence and self-esteem? And how does perfectionism and high achiever behavior tie into these concepts? Good question. <laughs> I love talking about this. <laughs> I think a lot of people are confusing these two terms a lot, self-confidence and self-esteem. And I'm always trying to clarify it to people with whom I'm having conversations that self-confidence is a strong belief in one's own ability to achieve. So it's basically that you know that you can do things in a good way. On the other hand, self-esteem is an awareness of the value of one's own character, meaning you know that you're worth love, compassion, empathy, just because you are, not because you're doing something. And many of us are brought up in the way that people value our deeds, not ourselves as a human being. Back in the childhood, like even when we were small kids, we're praised for getting something done well and being this and that kind of behavior and those kind of things. And it's good to praise those things, but it always, not always, but often, unfortunately, gets together with showing love to our kids, for example. And that means that kids learn, and we as a kids have learned, that to be loved, we need to do this and that well. And basically, we continue living with that way into adulthood, and we believe that it's not enough to just be and the more we grow, the, the more we get onto this never-ending race of deserving love and appreciation. It goes both external love appreciation and also the internal one. So we feel ourselves that we need to, to do something to, to feel good about ourselves, to practice self-love. And that's where perfectionism comes in often. People need to feel that they are doing a perfect job in order to be seen as worthy by themselves and the others. And they need to prove themselves and others that they are good. And it becomes a very unhealthy behavior because we are really running this race, never stopping, never appreciating ourselves, never seeing our journey in a positive way and progress that we have made. We more look forward and it's never enough. And it's very sad because it really brings a lot of people to hitting the wall. Mm -hmm. You're right. You also help people master the skill of comparing themselves today to themselves yesterday instead of comparing themselves to others. What are some ways you help people do that and also help them accept criticism that is constructive? I can give a couple of examples of quite practical and doable things that everyone can do. One very powerful thing I've learned from a Swedish self-development coach is setting period. And what does it mean? When you go on social media, you scroll and then you see like, oh, this girl, she has always her house perfectly clean and it's so neat and stylish. It's just perfect, you know. And then just continue with this and like, oh, in my house, look at this mess and oh, these pictures, I hate them, but they're still here. And you just go into this downward spiral. Instead of that, practice setting period. Think, oh my God, this girl, she has her house perfectly looking and so bright and stylish, period. You don't go into the comparison to yourself. Mm -hmm. and then if you're at the gym, for example, you see some other girl and you're like, oh, she has this perfect body and wow. And then it's like, oh, look at me. My, I don't know, like the skin under my triceps is like hanging and not as, as well trained as, as I would like it to be. Don't go into that downward spiral. Place a period there. Oh my God, look at that perfect body, period. So this is a very powerful technique. It might sound simple, but it really gives a powerful tool to, to find inspiration instead of really comparing yourself to, to the others in a bad way. So I'm always teaching that, for example, social media should be the place for us for connection and inspiration. And if you don't have that, if you don't get it from someone whom you're following, unfollow those people. 
If you are not strong enough to set the spirit, just don't go into the social media or get out of there if you feel like you'll start spinning into that negative spiral. So this is one of the exercises that it takes, of course, some practice to do, but it's really worth mastering. I can assure from my own example. (laughs) Then the other one is never comparing, as you said, uh, ourselves to the others, rather comparing ourselves to ourselves yesterday. Here I'm always saying that we never know the whole story of the other person. I had two examples that I like to share mm-hmm. from my own experience. Once I was in a dance class, I've tried a lot of different uh, kinds of dancing and I've never been far enough. It was just like a beginner or like, I don't know, second level. I liked to challenge myself and try different kinds of moves and just see how I feel and be in those communities of dancers. And I was once taking hip hop and I really wanted to look cool and like rock and I don't know, but I'm not that kind of person. And I was looking at myself in the mirror and I was like hating what I was seeing. And then at the same time in the group, there was this amazing girl, Latina. She moved really tough. She looked like she was coming from those kind of streets where she really grew up on this music and moves were just perfect. And I looked at her and I was like, oh my God, why am I not like her? And then a couple of years later, I met her at the Salsa Congress or like some kind of festival where we just dance salsa for like 15 hours per day for a couple of days straight. And I saw her on the stage there. And then I ran into her in the corridor and I was like, oh yeah, hey, we did this course at that school, hip hop and all that. And it turned out in the conversation, she's like a professional dancer. So she has been dancing as her living for many, many hours every single day. And I was just coming into that class one hour per week, not doing anything at home. And I was comparing myself to her, feeling bad about myself. Mm. And it just gave me this huge example, like, okay, I shouldn't compare myself to her because we don't have the same story. Mm-hmm. And without knowing that story, I would have continued with my self-beating or beating myself up, right? And, and that's not a good way to do it. It's not healthy for ourselves and neither we nor those other people win from that. The other example I had, it was the other way around when I was some period of time going to gym for different classes. And in one of the classes, there was a girl who looked quite fit, my age approximately. It was a weightlifting class and she was not lifting as much weight as I was. And I felt like, yo, I'm so cool. And until in the changing rooms once, I overheard a conversation and it figured out that she has been going through a major surgery recently and still recovering from that and doing rehab. And that's the thing, like you never know the other story. So of course, it could be a bit of nice thing for our ego to to compare ourselves to someone else. But at the same time, yeah, you never know. Maybe they have had a major injury and, and really are still recovering. And then when you, after comparing yourself to those people, figure out about their story, how does it make you feel about yourself? And I, I started talking about or like catching myself on those examples after reading Covey's book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. One of my favorite books that has changed my mindset a lot from the first time I read it. He gave this example of him once riding the underground and in came a man with three kids and the kids just went wild. They were disturbing other passengers. They were just really misbehaving and so on. And the man was just sitting and totally ignoring the situation. And people around started getting really annoyed, but no one said anything until Stephen talked to the man and said, excuse me, sir, but I think your kids are really disturbing people around here. Could you please take care of the situation? And then the man said, I'm sorry, we're just coming from the hospital where my wife died. I don't know how to handle it and probably neither do my sons. So that completely changed the whole situation, right? And then suddenly Stephen wanted to to support the man instead of being annoyed at him and his kids. 
So that's the thing. You never know the whole story of the other person, whether it's someone whom you follow through social media or your friends, even your family members. You can't know what's going on in their life 100%. And that's why it's very important to keep the perspective and think about it. That it's, it, it's just useless and not making ourselves a favor to compare ourselves to the others. The only person we know 100% about is ourselves. And that's why it's much healthier and much more useful to compare yourself today to yourself yesterday. There was another thing, just keeping this mindset in your head uh, that you, you, you never know the whole story of someone else. So it does make sense to <laughs> compare yourself to those people. The third tip I could give is journaling. It's a really big thing for me. I've been doing it for some years now, five, six years more on than off and recently or like i don't know last two years probably it's been pretty much every night some people do morning journaling i do it sometimes but not as regularly but evening journaling is very important part for me every evening answer four questions first one is what i did not as well today and how can i improve that and i usually recommend to not start with that question when your self-esteem is still quite weak because we can really spin into dark place from there so at first, you skip this question until you feel stronger, both in the habit of journaling and also in yourself, feeling self-compassion and self-love. But then basically, this is a way to learn. Uh, reflect on what you're not so happy about and really having this opportunity to adjust it and set it right from the next day instead of really going on autopilot for way too long and ending up way too far from where you want to be. But then the second question is what I did well. The rule for me is to write at least three things there. I know that many people, including my clients, they say like, oh yeah, I had a shitty day today and I just can't find three things. And then I start asking them about the day and we easily find three things. It can be really like funny examples that you just say, I didn't, I didn't punch my boss even though he behaved like a jerk. Or it could be, I got up from bed in the morning even though I didn't want to. It doesn't have to be really super performing things that you should feel like a superwoman or superman. It can be very, like, we are all humans. And it's a good practice to practice in this here, in this exercise as well. The third one is gratefulness. So what am I grateful for? And the fourth is, what do I need help with? The help, it can be that you ask God if you believe in God. It could be the universe or power or yourself, because we do have a lot of answers within ourselves. And it's important to ask for help from this inner self as well. So those are the four questions I answer every evening. And they give me guidance and also help me with this myself, with my self-development. And it's a practice that is quite doable. You see results after maybe two months of doing it more regularly, because it really sets the mind up for being more aware and mindful throughout the day. So it's not only in the evening that I sit down and think about those things, but it, they just pop up in my head like, oh yeah, this should be going in the journal tonight for it well, or oh, this is, I'm so grateful for this. And you live it in the moment already. And then of course you relive it in a good way in the evening when you write about it. So it's also a very powerful thing. And the fourth thing I also would like to talk about is asking for help and accountability. For example, I am a personal development coach. And it means, yes, I do a lot of different tools and techniques and I practice them. But at the same time, you know, in Ukraine, we say that you can be a shoemaker without shoes, meaning that you kind of get home blind <laughs> in a way about the things that you work with. 
So I always make sure that I have mentors and coaches and people to ask for help and people to hold me accountable because that's how we function. We are social beings and, and, and we need to be supported and surrounded by others. So it's very important to have like some kind of cheering team who will really help you out. And it could be people in your family or among your friends or your colleagues. And maybe you need a professional help, be it a therapist, psychologist or a coach. Maybe it's some also some Facebook group about the self-development or whatever your goals are. It's really important to find a community who can understand you, who can support you and also challenge you because that's what keeps us going. Uh, it's a very powerful thing as well. Thank you for sharing all of those tips. I like how you gave those two personal examples where you showed how you thought you were seemingly better than the other person and seemingly worse than the other person. So from both perspectives, we're all human and sometimes we can't help it. But going back to your first tip, use the period and don't compare yourself to them and yeah. appreciate what is there without feeling that you are more or less. I know it's hard, but getting into that mindset is really important. I also love the book that you mentioned, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And I do remember that story. It really gives perspective on the other side of the story. And most people wouldn't know the other side until they actually talk to the other person. Yeah, yeah, completely. And uh, even talking sometimes does not really help because not always people will cover everything. You know, when we live in our head or we live our life every day, it's sometimes difficult to explain it to the people outside of our head <laughs> uh and you know like I, I can be asked about the relationship with my husband because many people take example from us and it's like okay what is your secret and then I might name a couple of things but then the more we talk the more things come up on my list <laughs> in a way because I don't I don't necessarily think that that should be discussed but apparently it should so it's even the conversation cannot open everything. And we should not assume that, okay, just because we talk to a person, we know their story and we know their situation and we can judge or compare. Mm, yeah, that's true. Nobody knows your whole life except for you. Like you wrote on your blog, there's a lot of noise around us nowadays. And in that noise, it can be hard to tap into our true inner selves to understand what we actually want in our lives. Why is it important to keep challenging ourselves and to open up our minds to see things differently? Hmm. Cliché as it might sound, we grow out of our comfort zone. So within our comfort zone, it's this growth is not happening. And of course, not everyone might be willing to grow. As some people say, like, I'm fine lying on my couch and just watching Netflix and eating chips. But I, I do firmly believe that growth differentiates the real life from survival. And I'm sure that you listeners, Ming, are people who actually want to live their life out loud. You talk a lot about the self-development, productivity, and those are the things that are the interests for people who do have ambitions in their life. And then it is important to tap into our true purpose, which can be very different to each individual, right? There is no wrong purpose or a purpose too small as long as it makes you feel positive. And I'm not saying feeling great because I'm living my purpose nowadays, but it doesn't mean that it, my life is super easy and it's all rainbows and unicorns. Not at all. But the challenges that are aligned with my purpose, they show me the growth potential and they give me the possibilities to grow. So I'm, I'm grateful for them as well, even though they can be frustrating. Even in the moment when they're frustrating, I actually feel grateful for them because I know that now it's tough. Now I'm super annoyed, but out of that, I will actually come out with some lessons learned and I will be a better, stronger, more compassionate human being. And talking about the purpose, 
if we take example with the professions or the jobs, research has shown that for any job on earth, the proportion of people who see purpose in it is more or less the same, about a third. It means that whichever profession we take, approximately a third of people who do the profession, they see the purpose in their life, in their job. Maybe the proportions have changed, but approximately two thirds don't feel fulfilled in that. But what it means is actually that every single job on earth has people who would see it as meaningful. And why is it important? There is this parable, like the story about uh, when people are asked what they're doing and they're doing the same thing, but one replies that he's laying bricks together. The other one is saying that he's building a church or a cathedral. And the third one is saying that he's building the house of God. And that's basically those people who see the purpose in their life or don't. And why I'm talking about it is because we do all have these answers in ourselves, as I said. We do have some purpose that we all have, and it can be deeper inside of us, so we need to dig a bit more, or it can be more on the surface and more obvious. But that's why I'm saying it's very important that everyone really understands themselves and learns more about themselves. Because ultimately, when you learn how you function and what you strive for in this life, when you find this inner compass, it's so much easier to have joy in our life. And I think this is the ultimate goal for many people, to really feel joy in their life and feel that it's not in vain. On your track, aligned with your actions and your inner compass. And coming back to the noise, what you asked about, it's important to listen inwards and continuously work on better defining and refining our inner compass so that the opinions of the society are really not louder than what our heart is saying. I can give example of, of my previous job. Back in Sweden, I worked in a consultancy. We had several thousand employees all over the world. And in our office, it was a headquarters. We were three or 400 people. And the CEO was in that office and he knew every admin staff. So people at the reception, people who were cleaning the office, people at the canteen or restaurant in the office building. He knew them all by names. He was talking about their issues at home and those kind of things. And he was always showing that they are appreciated and their job is important. And he's, he was saying about like, they actually know much more than me because they go into offices to talk. They have a small talk with people much more than me. So for me, it's very important that they, uh, they feel that they are a big part, an important part of this, of this company, of this family. And just think about it. Like I had conversations with those, uh, some of the cleaning people and they did enjoy their, lo- their, their job. They saw a lot of purpose in it because they were contributing to having our office bright, clean, so that people can actually come to work in the morning and enjoy being there and helping our customers and making the world better through our products and our services. And imagine if they would not listen to, to themselves, like seeing this purpose in them. And if they, their environment would only be the naysayers and that would be super loud so that they would not hear about like their, themselves. They would maybe go to, I don't know, accountability, accountant education and then work with the numbers, even though they would hate it the whole life. And that's why I'm thinking it is important to, first of all, have the people around you, the environment that is positive. I'm not saying like, you know, just yes, people with no criticism or critical thinking. No, uh, people who can challenge you, but at the same time, they are doing it from the place of love and respect. But mainly it is about really learning what is good for you and what is important for you. And as I said, each of us deep inside know how we want to contribute to this world and what we want to do to make it better. 
And I've met people who have been saying, yeah, but I just want to lie on the couch and watch Netflix. I don't care about any value and bringing more service and my fulfillment in life. And more often than not, it took me some conversation, but we would dig into why people like it, because we're not created for this kind of inertia and just being couch potatoes. We have been striving for better. It's in our nature. I mean, all the technological advancement comes from that. So it usually takes a bit of conversation to understand what, why people don't feel that they need this progress and growth in their life. And often we can find some tracks back to their childhood, for example. And then uh, we can just find those needs that have not been fulfilled. Often people just block that part of themselves. And once we just start you know, untangling that, <laughs> that mess, it actually comes out that they do want to make good. It's just that they have not been appreciated for that before, for example, or they had some traumatic experience about that. Once they realize that that doesn't mean that they have to close for the rest of their life. Of course, it depends. It can be can be a very different way of how we work on that. Sometimes my work is not enough. And I recommend people to go through therapy, for example, if they did have difficult and deep traumas. But often enough, untangling that stuff really helps people thrive and really become those beautiful butterflies that want to fly around and bring beauty to the world. Yeah, I'm just getting a bit shaky in my, in my voice because it is a very, it's very touching and it's a very beautiful experience to go through those transformations with people and really help them see how their life can be meaningful for the others and how they can be the strength for someone else. Because most happy, truly happy people in this world, they have found the happiness in seeing that they are more than themselves, themselves in actually contributing to having more in their world or serving more people than, them, than just themselves. So yeah, that's a beautiful experience. I really wish everyone can go through that and really thrive <laughs> based on the results of it. I can hear the passion in your voice. Life is an experience to experience with other people. And some people just need the little push from other people to come out of their shell and thrive in their life. Over the past decade, you've worked on improving yourself quite a bit, designing the life that feels most right for you. I'd love to hear how you've shifted your mindset to find the inner power in any situation in life and also what you're currently working on in terms of your self-improvement. <laughs> you're challenging me here, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's good to, to show. Yeah, it's actually a very good question because I think often people ask like, okay, like what have you done in your, in your life and, and uh, how have you come to the place? But you go in a step further and really showing that it's a never-ending process with the self-development. I really love it, Ming. <laughs> so about me, I have been doing a lot of reading, but actually I did quite a slow and active reading, I would like to define it. For example, the Seven Habits book took me several years to go through. Mm. I've been super curious and I really wanted to just swallow the book, but I made it a kind of a commitment to do one habit at a time. So I read the chapter about one habit and then I would evaluate how I am on that one define where is the gap in that uh, habit in my life and really work on that. And only when I felt like, okay, this is part of my mindset in my life already, only then would I reread the chapter, just double check whether I do feel like I'm comfortable with it and go for the next chapter and start in integrating the next habit. So it was a very lengthy process, but it has been really shifting my mind a lot and it helped me. And I actually haven't touched the book for a couple of years, like two, maybe two and a half years. 
And just recently, during the spring, I took it as an audio version and reread or re-listened to it. And I realized how much I have changed in, in the years since I first discovered it, probably back in 2013 or 12. It just showed me how important it is to not just read the books, because there are so many books now and so many amazing books. But I really make a point of not swallowing everything and being overwhelmed about all the changes and feel this inspiration that dies out in, in one week after reading the book. If I find some book helpful and worth committing to, I really take it seriously and put a lot of effort integrating those things in my life. And it might sound like a lot of work, but I really love it that way. Integrated with that is actually a lot of reflecting. So when I find some interesting exercises in the books, in podcasts, on web pages, in the conversations, I start talking about it with the others. I start reflecting on myself, maybe journaling. So I use different kind of tools to really understand myself. So there was really a big part of it, learning how I function. I think a big, for example, boost in my productivity and self and my well-being has been when I took one of those personality tests at work at some point. And I got it analyzed by a professional. So it's not like I just got a, a template answer. We sat down for one and a half hours and went through it. And she was talking about, about my perfectionism. And I learned it from there or also how I function in the stressful situations. And I've taken it from there with me to really work on those things. So it, it's been a lot of these kind of things, insightful conversations, insightful reading, but then also implementing it, taking action. Tony Robbins is talking about it, right? You shouldn't leave the scene of the inspiration in a way. Now I'm paraphrasing, but the scene of inspiration without taking one action. So he's always saying, okay, now you got the insight from, from this work. What is your action that you'll go and do today? And it's so important because this is something that is challenging for many people nowadays. We have this information overload. We read so much. We know so much. But we don't implement and integrate things in our life. And then it creates an extra stress because we know how we should be. But at the same time, we don't do those things because we never took time to implement them and to really live them into our life in a way so that it becomes part of ourselves. So that was a big part of my self-development journey, I would say, or several big parts. And yeah, as I said, asking for help. I always make sure that if I'm not sure about something, I, I ask people, like my husband, we, we have a very close relationship and I ask him about things like, okay, I read about this and I think I behave or I think that way. How do you see me? And then we have a discussion and he is very open and he can be quite critical, but he knows that I ask out of curiosity and because I want to learn. And then he is open to give me this feedback in a respectful way. And then from that, I learn, I really take it in and I ask him, okay, I would like to work on this. How can you help me? Like if, if you catch me on this situation, can you tell me about it just so that I learn to be aware about it? So asking for help and accountability is also a big part, has been a big part for my journey. And coming to the second part of your question about what I'm working on right now, it's actually relearning self-care and also relearning self-discipline. Since I've started my own business, it got very different, <laughs> let's say it that way. I used to be very good when I left the office. I would just check out mentally uh, from my work and make a point of not checking the emails or answering the emails and so on. And of course, I like I worked with project management, so we had some deadlines sometimes and uh, more intense periods. And of course, then I would work in the evenings if needed, but it was not a habit. It was more exceptions. When I started my own business, 
my desk, I work from home. My desk is like a couple of meters away from my bed. So I see it all the time. My computer is always in, my, in front of my eyes. I can do a lot of things <clears throat> on my phone as well. So I really need to relearn the discipline of really differentiating things and setting blocks. So I, I have my family time, for example, and that has been a priority. And whenever we have time with my husband and my daughter or me and my daughter only, I make sure that I'm not working and I'm present in the moment. But I have felt that my me time, in a way, has slipped away. So I've used a lot of me time this spring for working. And I know that's not a sustainable thing. And I try to, I wouldn't say fight, but improve that. But this is something that I really work on or like have to be conscious about nowadays. And also because when the COVID hit, I just realized that so many people were stressed and needed the tools that I know and I have mastered, that I started contributing much more, being more present. I would hop on the calls with people if, if they felt too stressed and those kind of things. I started my blog, started sharing more of my knowledge a bit more systematically. So I've been triggered. I saw how I can serve people in this time, in this need. So I just kind of did not prioritize myself. And this is something that I really need to work on right now. And as always, there are always some old stories that you can find and rewrite. And that's what I'm constantly working on. Some things in my in my mind, some limiting beliefs that I just find when I got to get to the next level of my development. And then I start working on them. You mentioned that you have an accountability partner, your husband. Having an accountability partner is another useful point you made to help people stay focused and to achieve what you set out to accomplish. Going back to the book you mentioned, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, how you split up the seven habits and really focused on the process along the way. That's a great way to go about it, to continue to stay inspired and motivated. It seems like a life-changing book for you with the commitment you put into integrating these seven habits into your own life. Have you read The Power of Habit? That's one of my favorite books, and I actually am rereading that book right now. I actually still have not read that one, Ming. It, as I said, I often get some comments and questions from people and I'm like, no, I didn't read that book <laughs> just because I delve in and it takes a couple of years for this book and that book. So yeah, I am aware of many books, but Power of Habits is still on my list. Yeah, it's a great book. The stories that they tell stays in your head. It makes you understand how important forming good habits are and how to get rid of old habits that you don't want, like biting your nails or smoking really insightful book yeah are you done with integrating all seven habits into your life right now actually yeah awesome <laughs> and of course you can always go deeper and polish better and improve but i i feel like they they have come together i've come the full circle now it's about the kind of the spiral <laughs> upward spiral so anna what's the biggest challenge you have right now and how are you going to overcome it relearning the self-care and the discipline it's really about finding the sustainables that would work in long-term balance between giving and taking or recharging. I've been given a bit too much recently and I want to continue doing it, but I, I do need to fill my cup enough every time so that there is abundance for everyone <laughs> of me in a way. So it, it's been a big challenge and I think it is also that we have moved to a new country when our daughter was five weeks old and I have so many new roles as a business owner, as the mother. So it's kind of been too many new things at the same time and I a bit lost myself in that. So this is really about the inner balance that I want to reclaim mm -hmm. It that has been challenging a bit for me. 
and how I'm going to overcome that challenge. It's again about asking for help and accountability. I do have coaches and mentors. I have friends who are on a similar journey with their businesses, for example, and being moms. So with one of them, we, we talk weekly and we discuss our goals and we discuss our feelings and just help each other. Basically hold each other accountable. We, we set our goals for the next week for ourselves and then we kind of report. And then also my husband is very involved. He sees when I'm working too much and then he asks me to, to go to the pool <laughs> some evenings. Like, can you just go and do something instead of working? <laughs> so this is very important to, to be open for, those, for that help that comes. Journaling and reflecting are also things that I make sure to, to create space for in my life. The every evening journaling, but then also sometimes when I feel about it, I do it in the morning, just journal. It can be freestyle or it could be some particular questions and I follow some kind of script for guiding myself to the answer and those kind of things. But then also taking action. When I realize something, I really set actions and actually often share them either on social media or with my husband or with this friend of mine or with my coach just to, to feel some kind of extra pressure in a good way <laughs> to kind of follow through with those things that I decide that are important for me. I've seen your social media posts and I feel the same way sometimes when I post these podcast episodes. It's not only for the listeners out there, but it's like a reminder for myself to see the silver lining and focus on my goals. <laughs> Yeah, I actually really loved your episodes because you are so, and I wrote to you about that, but I really want to pinpoint it again because it's been very inspirational for me to hear you being so open, like, okay, these are my goals. I want to work on my public speaking and I, I find podcast is a very good tool for that. And then on the second episode, you were talking about, I got this kind of feedback and I'll be working on this. It's, it's really amazing to see this kind of progress and you are letting us, your listeners, be part of this journey and follow you through. Not only like, you know, you're quietly doing it and then once you feel like you've succeeded, you're just like, here I am, I've done it. But you really help other people by showing the path as well. And I think it's very inspirational and I really want to give you credit for that and, and thank you for that. Thank you so much. <laughs> I love that. And Anna, you know, you're my first podcast guest over the internet. So it's my first time using this software called Zencaster. <laughs> Yay! Happy premiere. Let's hope it yeah. works out well. <laughs> it seems pretty good so far. It's really awesome right now. <laughs> good. Okay, one more question. <laughs> what motivates you in helping others be the best version of themselves in life? First, I think it's my curiosity and willingness to understand people. I'm super curious and being in this kind of position of a coach or a trainer gives me permission to ask questions and understand better, <laughs> you know, really dig deeper so that I, I can fulfill my curiosity about people. And also I'm growing while helping others grow. You know, it's, it's just so inspiring to see other people and their journey. And that reminds me of my journey. And it's also a good reminder for myself about those things that I teach others about. I know like they say like you should uh, walk the talk and I am all about that but sometimes you just become blind 
point for some things because you've been doing them for so long. And you know, this saying, reading the label when sitting inside the box is really difficult. You can't read the label when you're inside the box. And sometimes you get locked in your, in your box and yeah, you just don't see what's going on outside. And that's my way of picking out of the box and really seeing the outside world and getting the perspective and looking back at myself and reflecting on my journey. So those are the things that are really motivating and giving me energy and really helping me continue serving other people. That was my first time hearing that phrase that you can't read the label when you're inside the box. So that's an interesting perspective. <laughs> yeah, I heard it in this business program where I am said by a, a marketer when some other marketer looked at her texts and she's like, yeah, this is something I teach other people. But myself, I just don't think that way about my own texts. And she's like, yeah, you can't read the label when you sit inside the box. And I really liked it. And that's something that I also feel about my self-development training. Sometimes you need to teach someone else to remind yourself about what you're doing and how you should do it for yourself as well. said one more question but now we have a set of rapid fire questions <laughs> ready <Ooh>. yep <laughs> okay favorite ice cream flavor i'm a chocolate person so let it be a triple chocolate mm, i love that i love chocolate too <laughs> favorite way to start your morning uh two glasses of warm water and a couple of deep breath favorite productivity tool pen and paper <laughs> favorite song to get you motivated Depends what kind of motivation, I would say. But Pink is my big inspiration. She's a role model in many ways. So Try is one of her songs. The other one, Wild Hearts, Can Be Broken. They set up me for different things, but they usually help a lot. One life-changing habit you engage in? Drinking water. Helps me move, helps me hydrate it. Because yeah, when you drink a lot of water, you need to <laughs> go to the bathroom often. There are a lot of ripple effects from that. It's more movement and taking breaks from work and also yeah, hydrating, which is the which was the original goal. One piece of advice that you would give your younger self? Ask for help. I've been working so much, like being tough and being I do it myself and those kind of things. I would really love to learn. I, I wish I would have learned it earlier that asking for help is actually strength, not doing everything on your own. Finish the sentence. I find my happiness in Oof. Many things. In my husband's arms, when I look in my daughter's eyes, when I get to know how I have helped people transform their lives. And last one. Where can our listeners connect with you? So I'm Anna Liebel. Liebel is L-I-E-B-E-L. I have my name same on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. I also have my private Facebook group, Let Me Challenge You For Good, it's called. It's a, I'm building a community there. Me and the other community members are creating space for each other uh, to support each other and help on the growth journey. So you're very welcome, more than welcome to join the, this group. And I also have my webpage, annalibel.com. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate all the stuff you shared with us today. Thank you so much, Ming. It's been a real pleasure of mine. I was excited. I would like to talk more about you. So maybe it could be also a good idea for your podcast that someone interviews you about your journey. Yeah. <laughs> <to> you. <laughs> I need someone to give me some questions, <laughs> some feedback. We can talk more offline. <laughs> Thank you.
Hope you all enjoyed that interview with Anna Lebo. Here are seven key takeaways from our conversation. Number one, we are in this life for a marathon, not a sprint. We need to gear ourselves up for a marathon in order to survive it, do well, and get to the finish line in good shape. Two, on the topic of self confidence versus self esteem, Anna defined the terms as self confidence being a strong belief in one's own ability to achieve. Wow, self-esteem is an awareness of the value of one's own character, meaning that you know that you're worth love, compassion, and empathy, just because you are, not because of what you do. Three, to lessen comparing ourselves to others, use periods. You can have an opinion about other people's lives, but don't go into the comparison part of the thought process. Place a period before you go into the downward spiral of comparing yourself to other people. It's more useful and much more healthier to compare ourselves today to how we were yesterday, because the only person's life situations we know all about to compare to is ourselves. Four, journaling. Every evening, Anna answers four questions in her journal: What did I do well today? What did I not do so well today? What am I grateful for? What do I need help with? Five. It's so much easier to find joy in our lives when we are aligned with our actions and when we find our inner compass and purpose in life. Six. Don't leave the scene of inspiration without taking at least one action. Now that you got the insight from this work, what is the action that you are going to take today? Anna voiced that this is something that is challenging for many people nowadays. We read and know so much, but we rarely implement and integrate things in our lives after we receive the information. Seven. You can't read the label when you're sitting inside the box. Sometimes you need to teach someone else to remind yourself of what you're doing and how to teach yourself those same skills as well. Thank you for tuning in. You just listened to Happier with Ming. If you like this podcast, please show your support by subscribing and leaving a review. If any of the topics we talked about during this episode could help a friend out, share it with them. Let's see where life's journey takes us. Talk to you next time.